Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt Nost, Drew Stoltz coming off the Valspar Championship, where Taylor Moore picks up his first PGA Tour victory. We're going to get into that. But first, I have a bone to pick with you, my friend. You owe pick me it. $500. False, but proceed. Not false. It's 100% accurate. What your TCU Froghorns, whatever the hell you want, Texas Froghorns, whatever you know Clark Kelly called them, what they did for that bullshit backdoor cover the other night is the most ridiculous Never thing in doubt, I've dude, ever seen. I told seen. you what to bet. Point seven seconds left. No reason to even shoot. You're, you've lost the game. They just hail this Hail Mary three-pointer. Dude makes it, ends up covering, and ruins my Gonzaga minus four and a half bet. I got TCU plus four. We foul with 0.7 seconds left. I was gonna. I was happy with the push. I was like, we're going to get a push. Fine. This sucks that we lost. I'd rather win the game, but at least I didn't lose any money. We foul with 0.7. I'm like, this is what happens in college. They just won't let it in. Foul till the end of the – make both free throws. I was like, well, now I'm double pissed. We're out, and I just lost. They roll the ball down. Dude, half – Touch the, the ball. The other eight guys basically are all shaking hands and hugging each other at the end of the game, and I'm like – no one's touching it. No one's touching it. I was like, he's probably just going to pick it up, launch it, whatever. Gets down there like halfway between three-point line, half court, picks it up, makes it. I immediately, my eyes go, I'm like, oh, my God, did he get it off? Or is it going to count? And I was waiting for the for the scoreboard to update. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then it hit, and I was like, holy shit. I got a million texts right, and I was like, that's what my boys do. Never lay down okay. and die. You're going to somehow covered. turn this into a it positive. Went, it's the – yeah, for me, of course, it's a positive, dude. I got, a cover. I got a cover on I told you which way to bet. By the well, way, I'm sick of TCU losing to 40 year old dudes in the playoffs. We got Stetson Bennett, he's pushing 50, and Timmy. I don't know what his. I need to see a birth certificate on that guy. He's <laughs> there's no way he's under 40. Well, I was in Tampa with our man, the legend Fat Perez, watching the game. We both had Gonzaga. I think I'm not totally sure because I tried to go drink for drink with Fat Perez, and it's not the best idea. I in the talked world. to y'all last night, and it was seemed like things were going well. Things were going well. Things were going very well. Things. It was a lot of fun, but we were at a nice establishment in Tampa called American Social. We went there after the Tampa Bay Lightning game. And I think when that three-pointer went in, we got kindly asked to leave. <laughs> Not uh, 100% sure uh, on that. That would be so good to be in a Vegas sports book for uh, that because some people were already high. I mean, dude, by the way, we made like a three leading up to that. Just to, we got a three, then a foul, then another three. I was like, oh, my God, that's the greasiest. That's the worst beat slash best cover ever, depending on what side you were on. That was gross. Filthy. All right, let's talk a little Taylor Moore, the Arkansas Razorback. They also upset Kansas, which didn't make me too sad, considering it made Gary Woodland sad, so I, I enjoyed it. Tough break, Gary. Yeah, but Taylor Moore picks up his first PGA Tour win, 10 under par at the Valspar Championship, uh, beat Jordan Spieth, Adam Shank, Webb Simpson, Tommy Fleetwood down the stretch there. You know, this is a kid... I haven't got to spend a whole lot of time with. I actually had dinner with him last year in San Diego. Got to know him a little bit. Super nice kid. But I've never seen him play up close and personal. And I told you on our SiriusXM show, I mean, the highest compliment you can get is respect from your peers about your golf game. And a couple weeks ago at Riviera, Justin Thomas came up to me. He, he played with Taylor Moore. He goes, have you ever seen this kid play? And I was like, no, I haven't been with him yet. And he goes, this kid's got it. He goes, he is the real deal. I, he goes, I'm so impressed by him. I think he's going to be really good. And when you have a... Quality of player like Justin Thomas, one of the best in the world, say that. I, that just, I, I mean, I, I took notice. And then that's why I, I, I texted him and said, congratulations, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, 46 events in. What the hell took so long? But that's the, you're right, that's the highest compliment you can get as a player. You can hear all the stats and the things like that. But when you get a guy, typically it's a guy coming off the Corn Ferry Tour that, that plays with some of the guys. And you're like, dude, this kid right here, he's going to win, right? Sung J.M. was one I remember. Like, dude, this, he's ready to go right now on the PGA Tour. Same thing with Taylor. He's a ping guy. Ping's here in town. Some of their tour department guys, buddies of mine, and they'd be like, there's this kid, Taylor Moore. Like, he's going to be really, really good. And to close out your first one on that golf course, with the snake pit, all that shit coming home, a lot of things can go wrong. It's normally just hold on and people tend to back up. That bunker shot he hit on 17, where he had to fly it a long way uh, if he wants to get it close. It's so easy, especially winning for your first time, to just kind of dump one out there, let it chase, try to make one, you know, don't do anything stupid. He flew it all the way to the hole. And then that two putt on 18, man, the first putt he hit, I looked like, it looked like he was hitting it 100. When he took that backswing, I was like, that's going back fringe. And it ended up coming up, what, six feet short, and rolled that thing in. And he was about I mean, a foot from it coming back to his feet. Which uh, I was sitting there I mean, on 18 he slammed all that. Yeah, anything that came up just a little short of that. Actually, we saw several guys not get it all the way up the hill, and it came back down the hill. But that was a clutch six-footer he made. Um, and then had Adam Shank hit it up against the tree, ended up making bogey. Dude, 
Spieth, three putts for Bowie, cost him a little two hundred fifty thousand. Probably hurts him a little bit less. Shank, by the way, he was driving it up a gnat's ass the whole week. He was hitting the driver that so tight? good. That's snug. Okay. Snug. You check out a gnat and check out that sphincter is toit. He's driving it so good, gets into eighteen. Gets a, I mean, it's a bad drive, but a shit break to not even be able to get like a club on it. I thought it took a lot of balls just to hit that thing left hand. Like you could stub that behind the ball, it could not really get out. But it was clear, like he didn't, you know, the money is a different deal for him than it is for Spieth. Like he was going for the win, and he clipped that thing nice. It went mm -hmm. down there, and he gave himself a chance. That putt. I mean, he said it in his post game. He's like, look, I don't know how many chances I'm gonna get. It definitely ain't coming up short, and it damn near hit the middle of the hole. It was just, it, it, it was just humming, but that saved him a lot of money. The fact that it did hit the pin, but. God, when he put his hands on his knees, you know, when he saw that ball, I was like, dude, this is, yeah. it was a hell of a, it was a really, really good tournament. Non-designated, it's not the field, that's kind of how we chop them now, but that thing was, that thing produced, and Spieth was, Spieth was Listen. vintage Spieth doing crazy shit all over the place. Uh, I got a couple things to get to before we get to our interview. Uh, one, can we stop with the mid-round interviews of the family members? Because we're 0 for 2, when a guy's got the lead, they interview a family member, and then Oh God! Something bad happens. Maybe we wait and interview them after the tournament. Maybe if they win. Yeah, family. Family's getting involved. Pregnant wife. Shank woke up, made her breakfast. What a guy! You know, probably got some. The female Gentlemen. fans definitely appreciated that. And my second thing is, uh, at a time when we're discussing this whole rolling back of the ball and the distance issue and everything. Perfect. Here is Ennisbrook, the Copperhead course that's seventy three hundred yards, which I think for the average guy is pretty long. But for PGA Tour, it's really not that long. And ten under par wins. One guy in Firm, double digits. Fast, rough. That's it. And that golf course, it's not like it makes you hit three iron off every hole. You can send driver. There's a few holes you got to lay, lay back on. But if, for the most part, if you want to push it, you can push it. But you better hit it straight. And it just shows, listen, 8,000 yards or making the ball go shorter, it, it doesn't matter. It's just how you set the golf course up. Yeah, you can challenge these guys without making the running the ball back, you know, whatever it is, 15 yards off the tee. Like you said, you can hit driver everywhere out there if you want to and see anybody overpowering it. 10 under wins, one guy in double digits, only 26 guys broke par. And they had some help. Like You need help from Mother Nature a yes, little bit. Course. It can't dump rain and be calm. They're going to pick it apart. But like you had some rough, and it's tricky rough out there. Those greens were, I mean, those things were crunchy. You saw putts sliding by, downhillers was rolling fast. I was like, this is it. And they got breeze, which made it even even trickier. I mean, guys were having that thing. It appeared to be moving all over the place, hard to hard to gauge. But dude, it was the perfect timing right on the mm -hmm. right after the whole golf ball debate. I was like, yeah, you can just set you can everyone can at least try to set it up like that. It might not work every time, you know, you're going to get some rain and some softness, but you can at least try. That's how you tighten it. That's how you protect par. No doubt about it. It was fun to watch. Uh, also fun to see Jordan Spieth's game coming around just in time for April. Has a tendency to do that. Get that short putter. Maybe look at the hole, Jordan. Easter Sunday. He likes those at Augusta. Mm, that is true. Uh, but let's get to our interview this week. The man who's in the middle of a little bit of a career change, going from playing golf to talking about golf. Johnson Wagner, otherwise known as Montfort. That's right. Another one, along with James Tyree, that needs to start going by your, your, Montfort Wagner. By your first name. But I've uh, been doing some stuff for Golf Channel. Uh, In-studio, Golf Central did his first on the golf course down in Puerto Rico when Akshay Batia actually finished runner-up. he uh, J Johnson was there to interview him, but doing a great job on TV and seems to be in a very good spot and really enjoying it. Yeah, the stash is kind of his calling card. I mean, it's just filthy. How good is it? This dude's got a lot of person. I think the more and more comfortable he gets on, on TV, on the broadcast, whatever it is that he's doing, more and more people are going to gravitate towards Johnson Wagner because mm -hmm. he's he's a funny dude and like he's not your cookie-cutter golf guy. Like He's he, he's he's got some stories all right let's get to it here's montfort johnson wagner on golf subpar all right the man with us today is thrice a winner on the pga tour uh, you see him now in studio on the golf channel he's one of the best personalities in the game with also one of the filthiest stashes to ever hit the screen johnson wagner is here what's up waggy what's up colt what's up drew thanks for having me on I'm a big fan I'm Johnson Wagner. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Good to have you, dude. Thanks dude, this, for doing it. This is going to be a lot of fun. First off, congratulations. You know, you're killing it, doing a bunch of Golf Central stuff. I know you just had your first week on the ground at Puerto Rico being an on-course reporter. Like, this is something I've known you for a very long time. You're still playing here and there. What made you want to get into the TV side? I've been trying to crack that door for a couple of years. My agent has not done anything, hadn't reached out, and actually huh. this uh, – 
this guy that I played high school golf against, his name's Kevin Ryan. He's been a researcher for golf channel for 15 years. And I guess they were in a production meeting and he, uh, the, all the producers knew that we were friendly and, and Kev reached out and said, uh, Hey, any chance you'd come do a tryout week for golf central. And I, I, I jumped at it and my goal has been to say yes to everything they've asked, which I've, I've been able to do that. And I'm, I'm having a blast. I was pretty nervous that first day, but man, it's so much fun. And, and you know, I love the game so much that, that it's nice to stay connected to it in a way and uh, be able to cover it. And, and, and I'm having more fun than I've had in six years. And, you know, I know you started out at Golf Central doing a, a lot of those events, which you're great at, but this was your first week on the ground. Which one did you like better? Man, that's a tough one. I really like both, but I, I love being on the ground. It was I got to walk with Akshay Batia both Thursday, a little bit Friday. We didn't have a ton of coverage in the afternoon Friday, and then all day yesterday, and he ended up finishing second, shot 30 on the back nine, got his special temporary membership. And like, I, I, I was almost like tearing up out there when he started going on this run. Like I, I and I, that's probably something I'm going to have to pump the brakes on a little bit. If I continue, like I got so emotionally invested in, in how he was doing that it just, it, you know, I felt like I was in contention. <laughs> that's good though. I think people listen, like, like that passion when it comes across on the broadcast, but in terms of playing, I got to think you, did you have a spot in Puerto Rico if you wanted it? Oh, oh yeah, I withdrew on Wednesday. I also I'm doing Dominican on the ground as well, and I, I withdrew from that event too, which is it's tough. But like I'm so sick of playing bad golf, Colt. You can you know how that feels. Like I I don't want to go out there and think a good week for me is making the cut on the number. I mean I, I I'm hoping for a spot at the Wells Fargo, and it's my home club here in Charlotte at Quail Hollow. And if that happens, it could be that could be the last one for me for a while. Oh, wow. Oh, so you got no interest in playing. Even if they didn't overlap with you working that week, you would say, no, no, thank you. I mean, my driver is going high and right and low and left, and there's no in between. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not fun when you don't hit it anywhere to be as crooked as I am right now. That's, That's good cool. at Quail Hollow. That's great. Just another guy going to dive into the TV business. Great. Can't wait. I uh, feel really secure think, with my job. This tell is all your friends. God, tell go away, you. people. What about champions? Like While we're on your playing, are you a uh, – are you going to, what are you, 42? Are you going to ride it out to 50? Do you, is that something you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. Ideally, kids would be gone and in college, and my wife and I could travel again like we used to without kids. And, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would like to – we'll see if I can stay fit enough and, and you know, relevant enough. I, playing golf's never been an issue. I'll play a ton, but being that competitively rusty would probably be pretty hard. And plus – now you have to have four wins to have a year out there, and I've got the three, and so I, I'm sure I'll get some starts, and I'll give it a crack. It looks like you have more than three behind you. You've got a hundred trophies up there. Well, these are all pro member trophies, and, and just you <laughs> know, I'm trying to look cooler than I am. That's for sure. Uh, I want to stay on the TV <laughs> thing for a second because I'm very interested to hear your opinion on this. You said you were extremely nervous that first day. Give me how like the nerves related relate compared to like first tee. You know, at a big golf tournament, big PGA Tour tournament compared to that first day of TV. Um, so before golf tournament, I usually final round, I would usually go to the bathroom three or four times before you just get everything out. Uh, that first day of in studio, I went, I probably had to go to the bathroom eight times. It was the most, <laughs> one of the most nervous situations. And I have to say the toilet paper at NBC universal needs an upgrade. I'm thinking about bringing my own role in there from now on, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was about as nervous as I've ever been that first day. That's, that's an important part of the pregame. I don't care what you're doing, playing golf, <laughs> talking golf. And it's different for you. Like you get in the studio all of a sudden, like it's different than golf. You're on the golf course and let's say you're in the final group and you, and you, you play bad. Like people understand that. Like, Oh, he just didn't have his best day. You get in front of a microphone and you say something stupid. People are like, you're an idiot. You you know, it's a different, like you're held to kind of a different stand. Like there are no bad days in studio or, or else, you know, people come for you. That's exactly right. Any bloopers yet? Any mess ups on mm -hmm. air? I mean, I, 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 did, I one time last week, Colt, you know, that, that, pack with the switch i one time and it was sunday I, I went to talk back to the producer and i clicked to live and i said absolutely and i, I was like oh no and right over the middle of john cook talking uh i don't think i'm, I'm sure there's some com in commercials up there i kind of like to get a little goofy with car banks and rich learner so if i'm sure the cameras are still rolling that was those would be the bloopers but i don't, I don't think i've made any tragic errors yet yeah, it could have been worse. I've had the switch. I've put, I've put the switch the wrong way before. It happens. 
It's not good. Yeah. I got a studio question while we're still on the television. You are, I would say, from what I've seen, the best dressed guy in studio. Are you getting a, do they give you a studio budget? Like, hey, dude, we need to get, you got to get some nice suits. Or are these all the Johnson Wagner collection? Uh, I had one jacket to my name for the, I had, I have a tuxedo and one jacket for the last 20 years of my life. I, Peter Millar has been a clothing sponsor and they sent me five jackets that are just absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, <laughs> I, I went to Brooks brothers, bought some shirts, bought some ties, but they've got this room up there that has every cut. It's the ties are wrapping around this room, every color, every style possible. So I will not be buying any more ties. I'm going to start using that, uh, their their uh tie room for my own personal use this next time and nice. and what's like the what's the feedback been from you know the players because they they say they don't watch but they're lying they actually do watch they listen to everything what's been the feedback from some of them it's been it's been really positive i i mean i'm sure some people hate what i'm doing but they, they haven't talked to me it was nice getting on the ground in puerto rico and at seminole pro pro member seeing guys like homa and, and guys i haven't seen in a while were, were very complimentary and, and everybody in puerto rico was was super complimentary and i kind of made it a goal of mine going into this to to you know i i don't like when people talk shit about me when i'm playing bad golf like you know i respect brandel chambly i think he comes at it from a different perspective and he plays a certain role, but that is not the role that I would ever want to play. I want to play the guy. I want to have good relationships with players and have that inside information as you do Colton and, and, you know, not burn relationships over talking out my other side. Yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Like that's, that was one of my questions was going to be like, what do you like? What, what kind of role do you want to play? Like for me, like I like to bring the insight, but I also like to have some jokes and goof around and because at the end of the day, it, it is a TV show. And I mean, we're allowed to have fun and it's supposed to be entertaining. And you can see it from the CBS broadcast this year, Colt. I have enjoyed everything. I think you bring a, a, a great element into it. And um, it is. And, and you have all these podcasts like No Laying Up that just dog on television coverage all the time. And so I am trying to be me. And if, you know, if, if, if that's good enough and that's fine, I think I've always been a guy that likes all the other players and caddies and I want to highlight them and what they do well. And, uh, you know, if, if the haters are going to hate, then that's on them. You're never going to make everyone they are. happy. That's, that's what they do. Hate. That's what they do. You're that right. is exactly what they do. You're talking about your, you know, your pregame, like when you were playing in the final round, you get nervous, your pregame routine, all that. Get, take me back to Houston 2008. Cause rumor has it, uh, you weren't the most calm guy warming up for that final round, thinking what what a win might do for you that week. Yeah, gosh, I led wire to wire that week, and uh, my wife and I, Katie, we were traveling in an RV at the time. We were parked kind of in the middle of the public parking area. We, we were kind of roped off, but uh, she came in from walking our dog Saturday night, and I was watching Masters highlights. <laughs> it was just it was what was on the Golf Channel. I was just trying to relax, and she came in, and the Masters is the next week, and she comes in, and she's like what are you doing? Turn off that TV right now. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, okay, okay, okay. Which turned out to be a good thing. And, uh, man, uh, Stephen Hale was on the bag. I don't remember the, I don't remember the range warm up very well, but I remember the back nine and, and, you know, when you get in contention to win a golf tournament, you kind of black out and get this laser focus. And I just remember having the best focus in my life. And that 18th tee shot is a thing of nightmares there at the old tournament site golf club of Houston and I flared it into the right bunker, laid it up, chipped it up there three feet and just buried the sucker. And I like, I, it was, you know, playing with Chad Campbell and, and I was 28 years old and got to fly to the masters that night to Augusta. It was incredible, but I was nervous. That's for sure. That is awesome. You mentioned your caddy, Stephen Hale. Uh, I, his nickname's Pepsi is what we all know him around. Get, tell the listeners out there that might not know why he is called Pepsi. Well, he, he goes and he started catting for me on the now corn ferry tour back in 05. And, uh, he would go out on the golf course and walk the course and like hide Pepsi's all over the place. And he'd carry like a Tervis tumbler in the bag and he would, it's kind of gross. He'd, he'd dig into, he'd get a Pepsi from a hidden spot. He'd dig into a cooler that people have been stuffing their hands in all day, throw some ice into his tumbler, fill up his Pepsi. And that's all he drank. He drank. 12 10 to 12 pepsis a day the occasional beer not on the course but uh he would drink 10 to 12 pepsis a day and we were playing u.s open qualifier in memphis and i'm about to go down it's 100 degrees it's humid and i looked at him i'm like pepsi you're drinking a water right now you cannot 
survive today carrying this bag on just Pepsi. <laughs> he, uh, he took one sip of this water and threw up on, he's like, I can't drink water. It's what it does to him. He threw up on this tea box from drinking a water. So, I mean, his, and he's skinny. He's very skinny. Yeah. I tell you what, I'll tell you one good trick he pulled because obviously he went out and hit him so he wouldn't have to carry him in the golf bag because then the bag's heavy. So I'm paired with him. I believe he was caddying for Richie Warwinski at the time. This is out in Napa, and we're on the par 311, and I look over, and he is pulling one out of my golf bag. I put it in here? In my golf bag. <laughs> That's what he so should have done all along. had to carry it. I was like, he looked at me, he goes, shh. And I was like, oh, my God, that is brilliant. That's way he better did. than he- having to hide it. He did that all the time. It was great. He's a fun dude. He's he's. Uh, I saw him last week in Puerto Rico. He's still caddying for Richie, and man, he's he's uh, he's the best. That's Where are fun. some of the weird spots he would hide them? I've heard about some, but they were all over. Yeah, he'd hide them if there was like a little nook and under a tree, he'd hide it there, like in a crevice of a tree. But uh, the most common place was he would call the the wrapping around the grandstands. He always called it bunting, and so he would lift up. And like stuff it under the the bottom edge of a grandstand wherever he could, or some something on the back of the tee box. God, I love it. That's so good. Um, obviously, the wind got you exempt for a couple of years there. You were actually one of the guys that was unfortunate enough to finish one twenty six a couple of years later, two thousand ten. Now, I did read where you said you were delighted to finish one twenty six because of the year you were having. But to be that guy, because it's somebody every single year is that number one twenty six. What was that like? Yeah, we, it was when we the playoffs were in August, and then we played the fall for money still to to determine the 125. And I started the year with Pepsi. Matt Hauser came on the bag at New Orleans that year, and we hit it off immediately. Started getting on a good run, and then I ended up needing like a a third at Disney the last event of the year to get in the 125, and playing with Sabo that last day. And I ended up making a five footer for a, I think it was a two way or three way tie for third and finished 126. And I think I was actually on the outside of the top 150 at that point looking in. So I was delighted to be in that position. I started that next year, kind of like Harry Higgs this year. I started that next year, 126 to 50, didn't know where my starts were going to be. And I I used it as motivation. Now I, I did play that category about five more times later in my career and I didn't have the same philosophy on it, but ended up winning my Acoba that very next year, and, and it, it was it was great. Yeah, you got back out there quick, but after the win in Houston, like that was the next two years when you finished the 126. Is that more like for a guy like you, I did it, I won, I got two years, I can kind of take a load off and relax a little bit, or were you doing the same things you'd done before, it just didn't shake out on the course the way you'd like? No, I, 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 I quit working as hard as I was. Like that, When you work hard, good things happen. And also we, we had – both of our kids in 2009 and 11, um, you know, we really wanted to start a family and, and I, I, I wasn't ready to do that. So there was a lot of internal like uh, battles going on and I, I didn't, uh, I was not working very hard. I thought, I thought it was easy. I thought I'd figured it out and it was easy and, and I got knocked back a peg a few times. This game will humble you very quickly. quickly. There is, there is no doubt about that. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on like what's going on in the world of golf right now between live, obviously the PGA tour coming out now, and first off, in my opinion, I know in our opinion, things are going so great on the PGA Tour right now. Like the events are crazy exciting. The designated events have been everything you want. And now they just recently announced that they're going to change it and there's going to be a lot of limited fields. I'm, I'm, I'm furious about it. Like, I, I agree with you. I thought uh, Century was riveting <laughs> Phoenix and L.A., even toward the whole West Coast was great. Justin Rose winning at Pebble. I know it's not a designated event, but, like, there's good stories every week. I didn't watch much of Bay Hill, but holy cow, that leaderboard at the end, and for a guy like Kurt Kitayama to get his first win there. Uh, Nick Taylor finished second playing in that group with Rom and with Scheffler in Phoenix. And next year, we're not going to have that story. And Nick Taylor's a baller. He's a two-time winner. I love me some Nick Taylor. And I think what makes the PGA Tour so great is having those guys in those events. And I, I, I'm, I'm shocked and disappointed. I'm a company man. I love the PGA Tour. I cannot believe they made this decision. And further that, further that, we spent three years trying to get the official world golf rankings to be biased towards us. We've got limited fields are punished. Like Brahms win at DP world tour, 60 something players. He didn't get many points. Same at century. And 
Now what are we going to do? Go back to the official World Golf Ranking Board and say, hey, we want these our, our 70-man fields. We want them to have big points because look at the players. And I think Liv was dead in the water. And it's like they went down and resuscitated it with this decision. Like completely boneheaded to me. And I just think you're getting to a point where you, you have two tours. You always have had two tours, but they've been the opportunities for the guys to play their way in. Now it's going to be a FedEx tour and then the PGA tour. Yeah. I feel like the, t- the tour is now like segregated between the, the varsity and the JV, right? And all the JV guys are going to want to get to the varsity level. But I was talking to a guy who's currently outside that top, you know, let's call it 70 or whatever these fields are going to be. And he's like, dude, I don't got any issue with it. It's just, I don't see how these guys in the top 70 are ever going to fall out with these eight or whatever events it is. Like they're getting free guaranteed money, free points. They're already the better players because they're ahead. How are we supposed to jump them back here playing weaker fields, weaker events, less points, all that stuff? How are we ever going to get to there? Other than the two, the little like you know, in between the events, little uh, where we let five guys in or three guys in. That's that's exactly right. Like, I, and I, I would have been fine with 120. Like, cut them all down. Like Wells Fargo is 156 man field this year. Elevated events should be 120, like the Invitationals. And uh, unless they come out with some sort of qualification status, like the top, if it's top 60 get in or top 50 get into the, those designated events. And then the other 20, 25 spots are going to be filled by current year guys that are playing well, like that could make some sense, but still I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. You know, and for me, I mean, you're a three-time winner, but you still, you were a guy that you, you had to grind out your card a lot. And in my opinion, like making a cut is a big deal and it's a huge part of professional golf. And to get rid of that, I think is just so sad. I mean, you ask Tiger Woods, what's one of his greatest records he's ever set? And he'll tell you the 143 straight cuts. I don't even think I played, I've probably played 400 events. I don't even think I've made 143 cuts in my career, <laughs> much less in a row. That's like Cal Ripken consecutive games. Nobody's touching that. And well, I guess if they play all these no cut events, it'd be easy to touch it, but nobody's touching that 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 record i think it's the most unbelievable record in sports period and i think you kind of have to know golf a little bit to understand just how incredible it is but it's it's mind-numbing guys get to like 25 30 and they're like oh you're you're the current leader and then it dies before 35 like every time like he did 143 right and it's not like he played a ton i think it's always what he did being able to come on the road after having a month off and be as sharp as he was like i had to have a week or two to play my way into form. And he was just able to come out and rip it up every week. Do you ever get paired with Tiger throughout your career? No, I played one practice round with him 2012 open championship. Uh, I set it up with Joe LaCava at the players that year. And, and we teed off at 6am on Tuesday. <laughs> there was one person on the first tee and then there was like 10 people on the first green. And then by five, there was a thousand people. And by 18, the grandstands were full. It was, he was amazing. It was really open about, I mean, he answered everything I asked. Not that I was trying to pepper him, but I mean, you get one chance to play with Tiger, you're going to try to pick his brain a little bit. Isn't it crazy just how different it is when he tees it up in an event compared to when he's not there? Like, I mean, oh. LA when he's playing compared to when he's not. Uh, the, the the vibe, the whole vibe of the place, this, the electricity meter goes up 10 times. And um, I asked him that day, we were getting done. I'm like, what are you going to, it was you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, what are you going to do the rest of the day? And he's like, well, I got to go get my workout in and this and that. And I was like, well, I'm going to go to the pub and I'll be asleep by dark. So have a good one. That's why yeah. he's the greatest. And that's why <laughs> we're doing what we're doing. We're yes. the same. He's yeah. the only guy you can make the argument for, like this argument right now with the no cuts, like, oh, we got to take care of sponsors and make sure the stars are around for the weekend. Well, A, the stars are around for the weekend because they're stars. And B, other than Tiger Woods, there's nobody that you can tee off third group off a 10 on a Sunday morning before the leaders are even warming up yet that moves the needle whatsoever in terms of the product other than that guy right there. That's it. Uh, we were, we were, I was doing PJ Tour Live that week at Genesis, and it was incredible to be able to call some of Tiger Woods shots, even if I was just on featured holes. Like, I knew where he was, and I couldn't wait for his group to come up. Like, it's, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, man, that was my first time ever getting to walk with him, whether it's playing or on TV, and I got it for 54 holes, and it was the most unbelievable experience. I'm like, holy shit, this is what this guy has to deal with every single day. It is insane. People just yelling at him, right? Oh, yelling nonstop i mean they're they're five six seven deep on each side in between holes nonstop camera phones just yelling at the top of their lungs every second he walks by 
Yeah, you didn't get to get into your cart very much that week, I bet. You had to do a lot of walking. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually never get in my cart. I, I am big. I walk. I talk to the players the whole way around. I enjoy being out there for the walk. So once I get dropped off, I stay away from the cart unless it's some stupid long ride where I got to catch back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, on Thursday, I had this Ramon. I had my driver on the last three days was also Ramon, but Ramon one was 88 years old and we're driving to 10. It's our first hole. We're picking them up on 10 and there's a rope at this cart path and it's tight. And I was like, Ramon, 10 yards away. I was like, make sure you see that rope. Make sure you see that rope. Make sure you see the rope. And he stopped. And that rope was like here. It was so close to just like cutting my head off. So I walked the entire week as well. Other than like you said, I'm long, long, wow. long in between greens and tees, but it scared me to death. Have you had any run-ins with drivers that have freaked you out? No, I have not, but I have heard about someone running into a rope at Torrey Pines when I was still playing it ended damage. very badly. Well, yeah. and there was that that year at Congressional uh, Tigers event up there, uh, a volunteer on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I think he died. I think it severed an artery. I think the guy died. Yeah. Jesus, did they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, not my good. God. I, heard, I don't know they actually went. I mean, yeah, you were mm -hmm. almost turned into a meme. Bryson walking underneath the thing. Like, you ain't never going to see the end of that. It's going to be around for forever. <laughs> I, internet. Also, I also get don't nervous, forget. like, riding in the cart, like the driver's going to do something wrong and disrupt a player. And then, obviously, they're going to look at me, and it's my fault, even though I'm just sitting there. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk. And I'll catch a ride in when we're finished. Yeah. And I need smart. I need the steps, let's be honest. Like yeah, he's got steps. He's a true walking <laughs> broadcaster. You mentioned Quail Hollow, which you 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 hope that might be your last event playing at Wells Fargo this year. It's an unbelievable club. Johnny Harris does an unbelievable job right there. Y'all have a great membership, a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of action out there, some hammer games. Give us a little games. insight to the games out at Quail Hollow. Well, I'm pretty much exclusively a hammer player now. If you don't play it, I don't want to play with you. And, and we usually start it at five. If it's the right group, we'll start it at 10 on the first team. But hammer, like, doesn't really get going until 16. And, like, I always say, why don't we just go to the 16th tee, start the hammer at 100, and then we'll just have more time at the bar before we have to go home. And, uh, yeah, we've got a good crew. COVID started a, a group of us out there called the mice and, uh, we've got 32 because that's as many people as can fit on a text chain. And it's the younger membership anywhere from 26 to 50. We've got guys and, and we have a ball, uh, you know, usually get four or five groups on, on Saturdays and Friday afternoons. And I, I just love quail. My son's out there all the time. He's a good little golfer. My wife has started playing on the tennis team. And we, uh, we, we definitely don't have to worry about our monthly minimums. Hey, hold on. You said the mice. I need, I need to know. Why, I thought why it was the, the mo. Is it the Moe's or the mice? Okay. So the Moe's are the originals. That's Johnny. That's okay. all the old guys. And it's Moe's is short for morons. And, uh, there's, there's <laughs> a the group, right in, there's, there's a group in between, the Moes and the mice and they're called the mitts and that's Moes in training and the mice don't really like the mitts. There's a couple of them. We'll, we'll let play with us. And then the mice were the Moes in constant evolution. I'm going to need a whole, wow, chart there's a whole this. hierarchy. <laughs> there's a whole, I've heard, I've been told that you're like the president though. It's like every single game's got to run through you. The strokes, if they're not right, you're going to give people the business, all that. Like, you know, you know exactly what groups are making when they're, you know, like you, you run the whole thing. Well, our, our chairman of the of the mice is a guy named Will Calder, and he's turned into one of my. He's an 18 handicap, by the way. I'm giving him 22, and he goes out and shoots like 83 every day. He did have the shanks this summer, uh, which was pretty amazing because he couldn't. <laughs> he's taking. He always takes everybody's money, but this summer he could not for the entire summer could not hit a wedge or an iron without completely hosling it. You had to be aware of where you were standing at all times, and. Uh, He's he's the guy that gets gets all the games right, and if, if you want to make sure to rig your pairing, you got to reach out to Will the day of and be like, "Look, I don't want to play with this guy today." He's he's the man. Who makes who makes a better cocktail? Possibly a transfusion, Quail Hollow or Selwyn Pub? Quail Hollow all day. Selwyn Pub, you'd have to go in there and ask for a, a double or a triple. Like at Quail, they just pour it a double or a triple. And you know the color of a transfusion. If it's too purple, it's not for me. It's got to be like that pinkish purple i mean you know what a good there you go is, uh, almost like trans it's gotta be like translucent that's the number one common like most the biggest mistake is too much grape and then it just tastes like it's too sweet too much grape it's got you gotta like almost be light needs to be able to come through it and i've actually been i've been having some skinny trannies lately which is take the ginger ale out and put in uh, soda and stuff yeah club soda yeah it's yeah. a popular thing and who's i like the, saying who skinny would you 
Okay. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings here. Just let us let us know who is the easiest money at Quail Hollow. Oh, well, you know that. You guys kind of work for him. That would be Taylor Zarzer. There it is. Yes. There it is. Right Damn. answer. Yeah. Give us yeah, a little quotable on Taylor real quick. He has the most vanity handicap I've ever seen. And he likes to come in after the round and tell you about every single one of his shots. And, and he's always handing money over. He's he's easy money. And he and I got into it on the court. On the course, one of the first times we played as he when he was a member, and uh, we got into a little yelling match that continued all the way to the cart barn. And we were playing for like 50 bucks that day. And now I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, but we're, we've been good ever since. It's funny. He <laughs> thinks everybody else's handicaps bullshit. Oh, they are. They, they are the other way. His handicaps, yeah. he's got the vanity side. Mm, that's not a good way. Once you keep losing money, you might want to figure out, like, mm, I might need to change something here. Right, and I'm down. I'm now a plus two point seven, and it is like I'm I'm finding my sweet spot right now. Isn't it great how you pay attention now when you're typing in scores and everything? You're like, oh, I'm about to knock a sixty-eight off. This is gonna get good. <laughs> oh, there's a sixty-four in there. I should play three more rounds to get that when, thing when out I of first, there. I go way up. When I first joined out there in 2010, Charles Frost, who's now the pro at uh, Old Town in Winston Salem, he was the assistant. And he's like Johnson. If if you want to play in any member events, you got to have a handicap. I'll set you up one. And he put in my last 20 tournament rounds. He just found them online, put them in, put them in his tournament rounds, and I was like a plus six and a half or plus seven. I'm like, what did you just do to me? I can't. I mean, I can't play to that. So. Yeah, no thanks. And it's now it's like if your partner's in for net birdie and you possibly have a makeable birdie, maybe we just lag this one up there. <laughs> oh, I missed it. Shoot. Yeah. Maybe maybe three. Never putt. make a putt. You don't have to. That's what the richest dudes seem to always tell me. That's I know a few of those. Yeah, exactly. You go on some good like golf like dude golf trips too, from what I'm told. Didn't you just get uh back from Ohoopy recently? Uh, I I did. I got back from Ohoopy and then flew down to Seminole Pro Member the next day. And yeah, Ohoopy's my uh, I can't believe think? it, but I think it's my new number one place in the world. Okay. It's pretty sweet, isn't it? Did you just go up there with like your own crew? Were you guys the only ones there? We had a we were it was a charity event. Um, there was twenty four of us. It was for the for the kids uh, for the first year mm -hmm. of Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> it was also called the the Rusty Nail to the to those that really played it. And some of my friends there was twenty four of us, and then a lot of us at one point wanted to build a golf course, and we were going to call it the Hammer, and our member guest was going to be called the Rusty Nail, as well as our signature cocktail. So, we played this Rusty Nail. It was uh, three days of golf, and man, two nights at Ohoopy, and and it just uh, we, we ended up raising a bunch of money. I think we raised seventy five thousand bucks for the first tee of Charlotte, but my brother won. Uh, and, and he and, and Will Calder were uh, blindly paired up together. They won, won a bunch of cash and, and, uh, God, I just love that place. The golf, the hang, the food is, it just doesn't get any better. How about, how about the fact that at least this is what they did when we were there, which is just asinine, by the way, it was like 10 o'clock. We had a nice dinner. It was the same type of deal. We had probably the same amount of guys. I think we had 28. We had a big dinner. It was beautiful. You know, kind of the older guys after dinner said, all right, see you later. I'm going back to the, the bunks. And the younger guys stayed up like, we're going to hang around here for a bit. And the bartenders leave at 10 p.m., I think it was. And they said, see you later. We're going home. Uh, help yourselves. And right. we look around like this. I mean, there's like Pappy sitting up there. By the way, everyone that's at the bar is a complete idiot and drunken <laughs> idiot. And we're like looking around like this has got to be some sort of there's got to be cameras in here. This is a test to see if you ever get to come back. And it was mayhem in that place. And they never came back and the next morning. Everything was like they were just like, oh, did you have a good time? But the their yeah, business model, that's their business model is, is it's, it's a home run. So you go and you pay the, the day rate lunch to lunch and everything's included except for your caddy. And, and I, I just think they're killing it and, and they've kind of set the trend. If you're going to build a place now that's a destination club, what are you going to do to make it better than that place? Like, how can you make it better than a hoopie in my opinion? And, and I don't think many people will. I have not been there yet, but give me a couple other of those, like your favorite destination golf trips with your with your boys. Uh, we're the mice are going to uh, we're going to Bandon this summer. I'm kind of fifty fifty on whether or not I'm going to go. I think I'm actually going to be working Barbasol uh, the Scottish Open week, so I'm probably not going to go to that one. But uh, we've been, uh, I mean, Chicago Golf Club with my brother and a couple other buddies is is incredible. I we've been to, <laughs> I mean, I. Over COVID, we went, there was 12 of us. We flew out privately to Cyprus and played 
six rounds in four days out there, Pine Valley. Like I've, I've got some, I've got some friends that are members at some really good spots. Some friends in high That's places. Some good stuff. I'll tell you what's another cool thing about a hoopie, and it's not like you couldn't do this other places. I guess it just never crosses your mind. The picking where you tee off and moving it around, and like one day, oh, we should. Our, I guess it was our third round after we had, like I said, a, a big night. We were kind of dragging towards the end of this thing. We damn near played every par four. We just look at each other like, 295? Drivable? <laughs> like every hole awesome. was drivable. Like, oh, dude, I shot 62. And we played yeah. it from 5,800 yards. Well, when we played, when we were playing these matches for the Rusty Nail, uh, the, whoever won the hole, if you had the box, you got to select the tee. And it was a real strategic thing. Like, it was an A player and a B player. And so when we had the box and it was a, if my partner was stroking and the other guys weren't, we were going as far forward as, as we could. And, and it, it's just the, you know, the, did you play the ABCD holes as well? Yeah. The little whiskey, not our whiskey route. Yeah. yeah. I mean, exactly. it, it, it's just, it's, I think standing on the 10th green, 11th tee out there and the AT is yeah. right there as well. You've got the Serengeti out to the side. Like, I think that's my new favorite spot in golf. Like 11 green at St. Andrews was, but I think that, 11T, AT, a hoopie's taken over. That it's is special. That's a big statement. I mean, dude, it's like yeah. your own private place if you go there like that, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, this is your club. Do it. You play the, from wherever the, you want, the, do whatever you want, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want. It's The only other people that were on property the second night was the Yale golf team, and, and they rolled into the bar, and I was I was hot. I think uh, I think I may have offended a few of the youngsters. That's nah, okay. <laughs> they got toughened up. Those Ivy League kids got toughened up, dude. Um, you mentioned exactly. y'all went there and you raised a lot of money for the first tee of Charlotte. I know you were a big part of building a short game area for the first tee of Charlotte. Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't know that I was. My um, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, and in lieu of flowers, we asked people to make a donation. My brother is the chairman of the board of the first tee of Charlotte, so we asked people in lieu of flowers to make a donation in his name. And our friends and family and, and everybody really – uh, dug into it and my brother and I teach my brother TJ our good friend Jonathan Ishi is also on the board and they got Rob Collins who designed Sweetens Cove to come in and build this like Himalayas type putting course out there and uh, my dad's nickname was was Doc because he was a professor a college professor and they called it they, they named it Doc's Hill and and the logo is really cool and uh, the place is just getting better and better and you know, my mom and I go out there, have like a lunch date and go, go putt every once in a while. And then, you know, you see a dad and a son out there and I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to cry right now, but it's just, it's a, it's a special spot and we, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's so cool, man. Congratulations on doing that. That's great. Yeah, Thank you. For you. That's really cool. All right. Well, now mm -hmm, that we got mm -hmm. a little sad here for a second, should we liven it now up? Now let's with get e back weird again. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's back. Let's do what we do best. Talk about dumb shit. All right. So we asked this to everyone, you know, you can be a person. For a day, dead or alive, you can walk in their shoes for a day. Who would it be? Mm. Ron Jeremy? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be a first. Yes. <laughs> Finally, some yeah. honesty in this. I would be this segment. I, 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 it's so cliche, but I, I'd have to be Tiger Woods or Fre Freddie Couples was my hero. I, I, I've, I've thought about this because I listen to you guys all the time, and I just don't have a good answer. I'm pretty, pretty content where I am. I think the first one was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, all three of them were pretty good. Yeah, they might have a lot. There of might common. be some overlap there. <laughs> might be a hell of a similar day. Got to find the golf course. Oh, and here we go. Yep. All right, all right, Johnson. I need this one from you. I heard this story. I, it's got to be true for me. But back in college, uh, did you ever feel the need to tell the football team maybe during workouts who the real athletes were, possibly after completing one pull-up? Uh, I don't know if it was the. <laughs> Yeah, we, we our off season training was a bit of a joke. We uh, we used to work out, and, and you know, I think it was like the baseball team was in there with us. And if you beat your like record, you, we'd, you had a dip, a pull up, and a, a bench press. And if you beat all three from the fall, if you beat them in the spring, you got like this strength and conditioning t shirt. And I was unable to do a single pull up in the fall, and I did one pull up. I did one pull up. I'm sure I was hung over. I did. It was at 630 in the morning. I did one pull up. So I got the t-shirt and I started sprinting around the gym. Yeah, it was, I was uh, telling the football team who the real dudes were. Was it my, Michael Vick might've been in there. Was Michael no, they, the on football that team? team? The football team had their own. They had a different training room. They, they, they didn't put anybody in there with them, especially not golf. Oh, baseball. Okay. But still true. Yeah. I took the shirt off. Let them yeah, all know. That's great. <laughs> one pull up, dude. You got to celebrate that. They used to I, make us. No, that's a record. There's no way I could do one now either. That's that's the sad part. Oh, 
they used to make us do them. And I'm like, cool. You just want me to hang here for a second? Like, what, what are we doing? Why are we? I was like, just put me down for zero. He's like, you have to try. I'm like, I'm just going to hang here until you tell me I can let go. Or until I. Yeah, do a time the hang. Yeah. yeah. See how long you can hang. Uh, that's awesome. That's good. Um, good for you. All right. You obviously got the stash. You're known for it. I don't know if it was the first time you ever did it, but in 2012 is when I think people started to take notice and you went on a hell of a run. Can you tell us the real reason why you decided to grow the stash though? Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was, it was Thanksgiving, 2011. I didn't shave and I kind of got back from my in-laws and, and I, I took a shower and I shaved it all off except the mustache. And I walked downstairs just to mess around with Katie my wife. And, uh, and she said, you better go back upstairs and shave that thing off. And I said, uh, no, I'm keeping this puppy. And she's like, no, you're not. And so she made me shave it every so often, but I, I, I grow it back to piss her off just to kind of balance the scales a little bit. That a boy. Yeah. But this one, power. this one, she, she encouraged it after I had that conversation with my buddy, Kevin Ryan about doing golf channel. She said, you have to grow your mustache back. So I like yeah, it. You got a calling cool. card like McCord. McCord would be Right. Washing cars without that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you also went ninth, first, second to start out the season in 2012 with it. Yeah, it was great. And it, it, it was fun. The the guys in the 17th grandstand at Sony, they were like, fear the stash, fear the stash. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, people like know who I am right now. This is incredible. So I kept it for a while. I shaved it. I was, that year I was number one on the FedEx Cup going into the masters actually hunter mayhem won houston so i was number two going into the masters and after the post masters my year just was on a steady decline i think i was only outside the top 30 for one week and that was the last week of the year and uh it was man i learned a lot about myself that year that uh, i wish i could change but uh, oh well but you got a hell of a stash out of the deal. You used to have the little hooks, like the little wax with like yeah, the cord does. You used to have that I, for a minute. I did that, I did that a couple of years later. I, I waxed it up, tried to make it a little different. But man, that was high maintenance. Putting that wax in there and then you go play in the wind. You're worried if it's standing upright or if it's going crooked. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I couldn't do the wax. Just keep it nice and nice and brushed down. Yeah, just man shit. Not like McCord's little <laughs> fancy ass. <laughs> uh, all right, I need your honest opinion here because I know you go to a lot of Virginia Tech athletics. You're a diehard uh, supporter of your boys. What do you think about the ties that the UVA guys wear to their sporting events? It's pretty cool, don't you think? I'm trying to figure out who you guys talk to. Uh, probably Ethan, talk to Eric or Brian or Brendan or anybody. Uh, what's who that? knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Hard we to went say. to. So sophomore year, we played for the national championship. And that year just so happened that like our golf schedule worked out and we got to go to basically every game. We went to a couple of away games as well, including at UVA. And one of my college roommates at the time, Eric Reynolds, had a buddy that was at UVA. And so we crashed at his house. And I mean, do you really want to know the, do you really want to know what I was doing? But you could like protect, protect yourself. You know, we're yeah. not here to get you in trouble, but just kind of what your yeah, overall so thought we're, on the tie we're, look. We're pre-gaming for this day game, UVA, Virginia Tech. It's my first time going. Actually, I think it's usually Thanksgiving, and this one was weird. It was earlier in the year. It's the only it's the only Tech UVA game I've ever been to. And uh, we, uh, we were walking down like fraternity row and all these preppy uva guys are standing out on their lawns drinking beer and they've got their white shirts and ties on and i was feeling good ready to get the game walking down fraternity row and it's like house on this side of the street house on this side of the street and i'm walking down the sidewalk and i'm like look at you guys i was like i want to wear a tie i want to wear a tie but i'm not you know why i'm not because i'm not a like you and i you know <laughs> fill in the blank of whatever i left out there but it was a, it started with a p um and uh <laughs> preppy preppy how yeah, to work preppy out exactly. preppy so it was yeah. uh i think i by the grace of god i actually made it out of charlottesville that day i don't know how i didn't get beat up uh i'd later i should have gotten beat up a lot in college i only got beat up once and i didn't even deserve it of all the times i deserved it and <laughs> brendan and i beat up a lot brendan and i were walking out of a party that we were just trying to find somebody they weren't there we get back to my car and this dude throws a beer can, hits my car, and I turn around. And as soon as I turn around, I just got cold cocked right in the face by his friend, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, had to get stitches all up in my mouth. Brendan piled me into the car and drove me home. And it was, but anyway, yeah, that's my beat up. God, story. that's, yeah, of all the times you deserved it, that one won. Yeah. 
I probably said something. Um, I probably said something bad when I walked into that house. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? No, you wouldn't. I don't buy it. <laughs> um, if you look on your PGA Tour profile right now, you're cur- you are rocking a rather attractive Budweiser hat. Okay, and you wore that the last several years when you were still playing. I need to know like how this all came about. What was the tour's thought about you wearing a Budweiser hat? The bright red one, by the way. Yeah, the uh, you could have alcohol sponsors, and and uh, Von Taylor was wearing the McLeod Ultra hat, and um, I kind of split up my deal with Titleist. I just couldn't hit the driver, so I was a free agent. Didn't have a bag deal, hat deal, anything. And um, one of the mice at Quail Hollow is the South Carolina North Carolina Bud distributor. Uh, his name's Clay Adams, and and I kind of had a big whoa. Man, sorry, I thought there was like a monster jumping out at me here. Um, I owed him a little bit of cash, and and I said, "Hey, how about a uh, how about a hat deal? I'll wear a Budweiser hat for free until I get a deal." And and he let me design them, and and man, they they were a big hit. That's they, a hell of a deal. Pay off your debt with a little hat deal. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. I have a feeling if if and hopefully you do get that spot at Quail Hall this year, there'll be a lot of those in the gallery. Oh, I've got a box of them on the other side of my office here. There's, there's a lot of, I got a lot of them left. Beautiful. That'd be a hell of a way to go out. Budweiser and the stash. How yeah, the old that? school Budweiser. Um, and finish, and finish our 11th next one. place. That's what I want to finish 11th so I don't get into the next week. So you don't get in the next week? <laughs> Genius. That's smart. 11th would be a hell of a way to go. Uh, all right, I feel like I'm being a little tough on here with some of these stories, but is, is a boy's golf trip really a boy's trip if someone doesn't flip a golf cart? I knew that one was coming up. Uh, yeah, that was a regrettable day. I thought I learned my lesson after that one, but I, I, I guess I haven't. I uh, Yeah, we were down there, Brendan and I and, and six other buddies, and played in the morning walking at Calusa Pines in, in Naples and, and had a couple of pops at lunch and went out for some extra holes. And they had this demo cart. It had pedals that came down like a car, not up from the ground. And and my buddy was driving it and he was kind of getting wild and he, and he took it out of a path that's a bunker path. And, and he, we caught air, landed on the front and kind of shook the cart around and we parked it right in front of the green. He didn't think anything of it. And Brendan is, is so mad because by this point we had just been driving, you know, waiting for him to go and then driving past him as fast as we could because our cart was going 35, 40 miles an hour. And uh, so he goes and parks it in the tree and I tell my buddy who's driving, I was like, hey, I'll come pick you up in a second. And uh, I just walked over to the trees, floored it as anybody would with a fast cart, made a right-hand turn and went up on two wheels. And I, I, I managed to save it, but then there was another tree in front of me. So I had to, I had to make another right-hand turn and, and it, it went over on me and drug me for about 10 yards on a coral path, completely smoked my left leg. I, I'm thankful. I just went ragdoll style. I mean, I, all of us that play golf, you, you know, not to try to jump out of a cart because I think it could, could kill you. But Brendan DeYoung has never moved as fast as he did. I was screaming on the ground like a little baby. I was like, get it off of me, get it off of me. And Brendan came over there and just yanked this cart off. Uh, I mean, it was scary. We went back. I couldn't couldn't walk. Got back to the cabin and had a couple drinks and woke up the next morning with blood all over my bed. And I got back. To the, I got back. My wife was pretty mad at me on that one. And uh, she took me straight to the emergency room. They had to clean it out. They had to clean the wound out all down my leg. And Ugh. they gave me morphine. And it was it was not. It didn't help. It was the worst pain I've ever been in. Yeah, that was a real thing. But I mean, all in all injuries but not like crazy those things can be bad i've heard bad bad stories about cart flip they're getting, scary everyone that's been in one's either flipped or almost flipped try getting on a fat scooter <laughs> it's not not <laughs> those good things are a death trap <laughs> I, had, I had an accident on one of those which i no longer choose to ride anymore but is you still why, ride a golf cart is that how you hurt your shoulder yeah. no i didn't it's not how i hurt my shoulder this is how i almost concussed myself against a stop sign day one oh. on the scoot yeah me and the Went scooters down. no more yeah those things are gnarly um, all right, next one. Best advice you've ever received about playing hungover? You, you knew. I knew I was going to bring this up at some point today. 2000, it was Matt Hauser's 40th birthday was Sunday. He's, this is probably 10 years ago, eight years ago. And I, it was Sunday. I'm in kind of in the hunt, you know, for top 10-ish. And uh, I gambled a little bit, had a few too many beers, and I felt terrible on the range that next morning. And I come out there, and there's this – 
short dude, doesn't hit it anywhere. Uh, <laughs> overhearing my conversation with my caddy about how terrible I was feeling. And it was obviously, it was you, Colt. And Colt walked over and he said, I got one, like, deadpan, the most serious face ever. He's like, let me give you one piece of advice. Do not sit down today. And you walked away. And I ended up eagle in the last hole, finishing eighth. And, I mean, I completely melted into, like, my bed that night. But, actually, we, we went out and celebrated Matt's 40th that night. But, uh, yeah, that was the best advice. And I, I still to this day, I, I, if I'm on the – I never sit on the golf course anymore because when I sit, I'm toast, even if I'm not hungover. It happened to me a couple weeks earlier at Greenbrier. I shot a million the first day. I had no chance of making the cut. Went out first off Friday morning, shot 29 at Greenbrier. All of a sudden, I was like, okay, we might have a chance here. Got to the 11th tee and had like a 30-minute wait. I sat down, and it all hit me. <laughs> and I parred like the last six to shoot 65 and missed the cut by a shot. And I'm like, if oh. I just wouldn't have sat down, we would have been fine. At least yours was on Sunday, and you finished eighth and made a bunch of money. Yeah, thank you for that, Colt. Yeah, I got nothing out of it. Except another hangover. Good life coach, though. Yeah. You know, that's what I Always am. helping. Always giving. That's what you do. All right, last one from me, Johnson. You're the only guy, I believe, to hold the Met Open and the Met Am trophy at the same time. Better name for that accomplishment. The Wagner Slam, which I believe it's, it's dubbed right now. Or, new proposed name, the Big Johnson. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are good old days mm -hmm. up there in the New York. I mean, I, I, I like either of them. I like either of them. Hell of are you still the, though, are you still the, the only person come again are you still the only person to hold both of them at the same time yeah i think so and there was actually a third one in there too it's called the ike it's the mad am stroke play and i have i have that yeah, there you go well, so. of course you there you go dominated it's up back there. behind you the met wanted no part of you yeah that's the Met one right there there it is all the whole big johnson all right last one obviously you know especially with your suit and everything on golf channel you get a lot of ron burgundy jokes a lot of comparisons we're going to put together an anchor man but it's going to be a pga tour player so you're obviously ron burgundy we need a brian fantana a brick tamlin and a champ kind so we're going to complete the whole news team so i need three guys from the pga tour to complete your complete your news team Ooh, i mean just guy. because he reminds me of brick a little bit what do you think about kyle stanley for brick Oh my god! I was the one I was most interested in. Who's gonna okay. be Brick? Uh, the the sports guy, the uh, the Champ. whammy guy is uh, yeah. Harry Higgs. It's good. I was gonna say either mm -hmm. him or Tim Heron. Yeah, Tim Heron would be good too. Both of those, and Won't then be good. Who you got for who, who you got for Fantana? Brian Fantana, Sex Panther would be. Uh, um, Gosh, someone who thinks he's really a lot cooler than he is. I, I don't know if Gary. I... It's Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland. Or, or, or another one, Matt Every. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see. I can see. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Every's perfect, actually. That's exactly who it is. Good, Gary is that. Uh, cool. Gary's the coolest dude I know. I, I, I couldn't put him down. Yeah, that. I mean, how Just about ask that? Him. that that's, a, that's a hell of a newscast. I would watch. That would be a great film, actually. <laughs> Someone should do that. Awesome, man. All right, we own that if someone doesn't. Yes. I was I was walking Black. up to I was walking up to player dining last week, which by the way, I, I don't know if I'd do that every week, but it was nice to be able to eat in player dining in Puerto Rico. Um, and one of those volunteers I've known forever, he said, he said, You need to get it on the broadcast this week. Stay classy, Puerto Rico. And I, I was very close to doing it, but I could I couldn't pull it off. See, you gotta throw stuff out there, yeah, man. Love dude. it. Yeah. Make a splash, especially on your debut. And by the way. You, you have that credential as a player for all time, so you can always go into player dining. Use that. That is a nice perk to have. Okay. And good. you get to use I, – I, people ask me all the time the biggest difference between playing and doing TV. Uh, that porcelain inside is rather nice instead of the porta-potties <laughs> out in the mm. compound. Oh, Always oh, I, use that as to your advantage. Oh, I, 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 you know I did that. I'm a pro, I'm a pro with that. I, I could write a book about porcelain <laughs> on the PGA Tour. <laughs> <laughs> we need that too. Uh, what Johnson, a way to end Thank it. you so much, man. We appreciate you that coming was great. on. Thank, thank you. Guys. Keep up the great work too. Really dude. fun. All right, that was Johnson Wagner joining us on Golf Subpar. That was a fun one, man. Love Wags. He has got a great personality. He's going to do great things on TV. Uh, ton of stories. His caddy, old caddy Pepsi, who's a legend out there. I totally forgot about him, and we brought him up, and then I forgot about when he. Hit the one in my bag. Yeah, it's good. That was That's good. Great good play. Call. You don't forget all the trees and the bushes and the shit like that. Just throw it in their back. Yeah. Sorry, Davenport. Yeah. Deal with it. It's great. <laughs> Put old case in there. We used to do that to freshmen on our college teams. We'd all grab like, let's say we're playing in a foursome. The other three, be like, hey, grab like 
eight balls, range balls. Just put them in your bag, and when the, when he's hitting, just slip them at one by one so he doesn't pick it up and notice that it's 50 pounds heavier. By the end of the round, it, it's like he's got bricks in the bottom. It's a good, good move. But also, he... Like, I know he played on tour for a long time. He's getting in the broadcast game, studio, things like that. He goes on a lot of golf trips, and mm-hmm. they sound like they got it figured out. We might have to his work group, our way in there. Yeah, had a little cart incident, which he's overcome. By the way, that could be really scary, too, if mm-hmm. you've ever seen somebody flip a cart. But he's okay. But that just shows you. He likes to get after it a bit. I like that he gets in our boy Taylor Zarzer's pocket out there at Quail Hollow. So yeah, sound, we're going to need some more fact-checking. Sounds like we're getting some bad info from TZ on that. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun sitting down with Wags. Uh, wish him nothing but the best in his TV venture. Just don't take my job, please. Yeah, it's getting great. It's getting crowded up there. All right, let's get to some gambling. We had a week. Come on. Come on. Let's a go. Parlay right hit, here. Top Touch 20 me. parlay. Finally. Jordan Spieth, Tommy Fleetwood. I, I thought we, I mean, I was like, I thought we might have one, one two. Win. One two on the board, I It thought. was looking rather nice. Um, but finally, a good week. I mean, Taylor Moore, very happy for him. Went in there and spoiled it for us a little bit. But hey, we finally a parlay hit, we hit one. Good news is now we're about to get freaking hot. We're on to the match play. This week's pretty much impossible. It's a <laughs> toughie. It's a toughie. What do you do? Uh, you got all these different groups. You got to just get out of pool play, advance on, and then beat some of the best players in the world. So That's it's it. kind of a crapshoot. That's it. It's very much a crapshoot. You got 64 of the best. They go head-to-head. Anything can happen in this deal. All right. So obviously go to the FanDuel Sportsbook, download the app, use code SUBPAR. Make sure you follow along our picks. Win some money. Pretty obviously. easy. All right. Here we go. You ready? Send it. All right. 24 to 1. I like this value. The man is playing some really, really good golf. He's on a string of top 10s. He's won this tournament before. Hadn't been. It wasn't at this golf course, though. But he's obviously very good at match play. I'm going Jason Day. I feel like the time is right. He's he's trending. Love it. Starting to come around. That golf swing is starting to feel more natural to him. He puts the shit out of it. He's got a lot of match play experience in the uh, President's Cup. Love that pick. He He was on my short list. Uh, I'm you gonna think there'll go, ever be a time when we'll say one and we'll be like, I hate that pick. I'll give you a hate if if I hate it, but that okay. ain't one of them. I just look in this thing, it's the, I just look at the pools and I'm like, who? you got to get out of that first and foremost, and it's hard no matter what. But I think uh, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm have two of the tougher pools to get through. For one and two, I'm like, damn, that there's easier ones down here for guys that aren't. One of the guys I circled, Patrick Cantlay, so he's the four overall seed. He's going at 16 to one, but he's got... Look, there's no easy pool, but there's some, I think, that are a little more of a threat than others. He's got Nick Taylor, Brian Harmon, and K.H. Lee in his pool. I like him to come out of that, and after that, it's just kind of game on. So you just got to get out of pool play. He's my favorite, if you want to call him that, four overall, 16, uh, 16 to 1 to win the thing. Brian Harmon just scares me in that. He's, this, he was the, the one I circled. Like, back, he could be yeah. the guy. You know, he's just – you don't quit, not to use the term, but he bulldog. You know, he's a dog. He grinds it out, but I still like can't like coming out of there. All right, um, my dark horse. I mean, this is going to be so tough. He's he's got to play so good just to make it out of. I believe he's with John Rom, Keith Mitchell, Billy Horschel, and that's Ricky Fowler. Yeah, that's a tough going off. That's at, a tough pool. He's fifty five to one though. Another guy that's really playing well. It's match play. Anything can happen. I mean, listen, John Rom's obviously the favorite to come out of there, but on any given day, Ricky can beat him. Keith can beat him. Um, so fifty five to one. Give me those. Give me those odds with Ricky Fowler. That's gonna be a tough pool to go through unbeaten. Just the odds of catching one of those guys on a day. Ricky's starting to play some good golf. Um, I'm going down the board just a bit. The guy's got a new caddy. Paul Tesori will be on the bag, but we got Cam Young going off at 31 to 1. All right, looking at his group, Davis Thompson. That is not a dark horse. Sepp Strzok at 31. It's pretty, you know, you turn down a 31 to 1 hit. This is almost as egregious as your TCU cover. 31 to 1. It's pretty good. The odds of us covering that game were way lower than that towards the end. But he's got Davis Thompson, Sepp Strzok. Corey Connors again, no easy pools, but I like him out of this thing. Uh, I think it's, t- I think we're gonna see some wins out of this guy very shortly. Thirty-one to one, give it to me. All right, so Sleaze is not taking a dark horse this week. Is basically what's what the, what, how deep does it got to be to be a I dark horse? We agreed horse. on forty-five or worse. Thirty-one to one is a nice payday. All right, anyways, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Cantley, Cam Young. Uh, let's have some fun this week down in Austin. But big news. FanDuel is launching a brand new mobile golf game with PGA superstar Jordan Spieth. The game is called Jordan Spieth's Fairway Frenzy and is available to play now on FanDuel's iPhone skill gaming app, FanDuel Faceoff. On FanDuel Faceoff, you can compete in all your favorite games against other real people for real cash. The app features a wide variety of games such as Wheel of Fortune, Atari Breakout Blitz, Scrabble Cubes, and now Jordan Spieth's Fairway Frenzy. Jordan Spieth's Fairway Frenzy is just like real golf where your goal is to sink the ball into the hole in as few shots as possible. Bonus points are awarded for bombing long drives and landing your approach shot close to the hole. 
knockdown birdies, eagles, albatrosses, or the elusive hole-in-one for big points. Play for free or compete for cash prizes against a player of similar skill or challenge your friends to finally settle who is the superior golfer. On FanDuel Faceoff, contests are action-packed and last between two and five minutes. That means you can play games for cash during commercial breaks, waiting in line at the grocery store, over a cup of coffee, or whenever works for your schedule. The best part? You can practice for free anytime without worrying about your game being interrupted by annoying ads. FanDuel Faceoff also has awesome reward system that gives you bonus cash for playing both free and paid games. Plus, you can challenge your friends to a free or paid game to officially claim bragging rights. Search for FanDuel Faceoff in the Apple Store or visit fanduel.com slash faceoff for more information about the app. Age and locations, restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See fanduel.com slash faceoff. Terms for terms and conditions. Fairway frenzy. You got to sink the ball in as few shots as possible. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Pretty self-explanatory. And two to five minutes. That's it. Two to five and get a lot done in two to five minutes, bud. All right. Well, who we got coming up next week, Sleaze? Speaking of busy dudes, we got one of the busiest guys in showbiz right now. Dan Orlovsky, former player. Now, I mean, he's on first take, NFL Live. He's covering the Combine. Kids everywhere. And and he is another dude that likes to mix in a nice golf trip or two. And he is good at his job. He is fun to watch. I love it. Uh, This interview is a lot of fun. Y'all are going to love it. But uh, you're going to have to wait until next week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar. 